In today's show, we're talking Miami Heat for the upcoming season with a host of the Locked on Heat podcast, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked on Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk about the Miami Heat. Interesting team, lots of changes in the offseason. So let's talk about what we need to know with the Miami Heat with the host of the Locked On Heat podcast, David Rimmel is here with me to talk Miami Heat. David, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Oh, we're going to talk Miami Heat. David, I'm going to start where I start all of these shows with the Miami Heat and with all guests. What's your predicted opening night starting five for the Miami Heat? Well, assuming everybody's healthy, of course. Bam at a Bayard Center. Uh, P.J. Tucker at the four spot seems likely. Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson kind of in wing position and then Kyle Lowry at point. Yeah, I don't think there's too much debate about that. I don't really see any other direction that they're going to go with that lineup. There isn't no real like, or maybe they do this or maybe they do that. That seems to me to be the uh, the expected starting five and one that, you know, barring injury will be one that they roll out there pretty much every night. Maybe, you know, maybe PJ Tucker could move for a Markeith Morris if he's struggling or Tyler Hero gets a, a crack instead of Duncan Robinson. But I really... Really don't think that's going to be the case. The bench rotation does become interesting. So, what is your expectation for the uh, for the bench group? Well, Tyler, as you mentioned, will probably be leading the charge there. I expect him to get some six man of the year consideration. Dwayne Dedman is their best big man at this point. They've got a prospect in Omer Yurtsevin, but he's not quite ready yet. As you mentioned, Markeith Morris probably going to get some significant time too. And then the young players, or at least the players that they're developing, Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, seem like they'll probably be getting some minutes too, just because there seems to be a lack of a point guard right now as far as a backup point guard is concerned. Yeah, so uh, the hero one, that's fine. He'll get his minutes. Um, yeah, Morris will play you know, the four, the five. Deadman plays the five as well. The Struess and Vincent, obviously we're not including Victor Oladipo in this group because he's not going to be ready to start the season. We'll talk about him in a second. The Struess and Vincent one is interesting. Vincent, probably more of a point guard, probably more of a ball handler. Struess, more of a absolutely like insane 80% three-point attempt rate type bomber. We saw that in Summer League. I think Struess is probably the better player currently and probably the better long-term prospect, but does his, I guess, inferiority, which is a harsh word to say, in terms of passing a ball handling push Vincent ahead of him in that mix? Or do you think Struess can actually push, push for like a 20-minute-a-night role? Uh, 20 minutes seems a little too high. I could see him kind of filling in here and there uh, on a night where they might need some three-point shooting, but his defense is still a little suspect, and he is kind of one-dimensional. Like There is some athleticism to him, so it's not like he's just a perimeter-bound shooter, but he doesn't really bring the ball up. He doesn't initiate offense, and so you have him out there basically as a catch-and-shoot guy that occasionally can take somebody off the dribble or find some seams in the defense, but it's not like he's really going to be out there for anything other than just his shooting. So I think you're, you kind of bring him in there for spot situations where you kind of you know need that kind of three-point shooting prowess. As far as Vincent is concerned, 
like the expectation was that he was going to be a three-point shooter. That's when he was brought in. I remember his first meeting with media when he was added to the team. And he's like, I'm a shooter. This is who I am. And then last year, well, he couldn't shoot the ball very well. And he actually turned out to be a pretty solid defender. Like he had some moments there where he had some really nice perimeter defense. And that was kind of unexpected. So I think that's his role moving forward. He can also initiate offense. So that's a nice thing to have. I think most of the ball handling duties will probably fall on Tyler in that second unit. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. The interesting thing with this team is we look at their starting lineup and we look at you know, this bench group. There's not many threes on this team. Yeah, Jimmy Butler probably is exclusively a three at this point, but this bench has got you know, three guards in that in that group. And there's no, like the other three size guy is probably Casey Okpala. And I don't think he's ready for NBA rotation minutes if he's ever going to be ready for NBA rotation minutes. So they are a little bit thin, thin on the wing. Yeah, uh, I think the expectation is that Victor Oladipo will play some some minutes occasionally. And of course, I know you want to get to it a little bit later on. The reporting has been kind of all over the place when it comes to Depot's injury. I think that was the expectation when they traded for him last year is that he was going to be that, that wing player who could initiate, stretch the floor, get to the rim, attack the rim, etc. Just didn't pan out that way because of his injury, of course. Let's talk about him now, actually, because yeah, the, the perfect segue into the Victor Oladipo injury. He came across in that trade. He played a few games for Miami, then hurt his... Four. There you go. Four games for Miami. Um, hurt his knee at that point and then was out for the season. And then it came out that he needed quad surgery again because the first quad surgery wasn't particularly effective or didn't do the right thing or something that they were talking about. So, yeah, there's there was expectation that maybe he misses the entire season. Maybe he's back in February. Now it's maybe he's back in December. Do you have any idea what's going on? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> we heard early reports right after the surgery that he was – probably going to that the surgery was performed well that he recuperated quickly and that he was going to be going into making some kind of rehab right away so that was some positive reporting but then you had national guys like brian windhorse saying that he might miss the whole year and that kind of threw everybody off local reporters have been a little bit closer more to the positive end of the spectrum they're saying that it's closer to december maybe january that seems to be a safe bet i'd say by january you could probably expect some minutes to me, it would be probably more, much more wise of Eric Spolster to kind of hold him back a little bit because I feel like he could have been a, a nice weapon to have against Milwaukee in the first round of the playoffs last year. I know I took some heat, no pun intended, for saying that he might have been a difference maker, but you know you don't let Drew Holiday or Bryn Forbes torch you from the perimeter if you have a guy like Oladipo playing defense at the level he was before he got injured, and I think that's still his role moving forward. I don't know how much to expect of his offense, but defensively he can still be a contributor. But having said all that, as far as when he'll be back, no clue whatsoever. I haven't heard anything from the team or his doctors or his people or anything like that. So right now I, I'm kind of just in the dark as much as you are. I guess the problem with with that with Oladipo saying he could have been this defender is that the, I'm trying to think, was it 17-18 the last time he was actually at that level? Like We are talking a long time ago and all the evidence since that first quad injury and literally even a little bit before that injury where he had that sore knee which may have contributed to the quad injury uh, prior to that after his All-NBA season he didn't look particularly good and since he's come back he hasn't looked good in Houston he didn't look good in Indiana he didn't look good he only played four games in Miami he did look a little bit better in Miami but he didn't look particularly good but I'll, I'll put it this way to you David is he you know, on this team currently let's say when he gets back healthy is is he the fourth guard on this team? You've got Lowry. He's not going to be playing ahead of Lowry. He's not better than Lowry. There's Duncan Robinson. They've just paid up for him. And what Duncan brings, he's going to get his minutes. And then there's Tyler Hero. Um, so you know, what is Oladipo? Is it is it to be the fourth guard on this team? Yeah, I think that's the expectation. Uh, look, as far as the injuries are concerned, like I've talked to his trainer. 
here in Miami. He works with him. I, well, he did work with him prior to the injury, and then I think they kind of lost contact there. And I wonder if that might have contributed to exactly what the issues were from a health perspective. I don't want to get into that too much. Uh, I hope that they've reconnected since then because it's clear that he needs to build something differently in his body. The way he attacks the basket just probably does not lend itself to any kind of sustained health. But in any case, as far as his status on the team, yes, it's as a fourth guard, occasionally bringing the ball up and stretching the floor, like I said. They just need somebody like that because right now they don't have much now. They added somebody as far as their two-way players and contracts are concerned. They've added one guard so far. I don't know how many minutes he'll likely get. He's a rookie, four-year player, et cetera. So maybe he can contribute if he shows out in camp. We've seen things like that from him in the past, or from Eric Spolster in the past, where he sees a guy in camp. Duncan Robinson is a great example. I had no idea that Robinson was going to wind up starting when he goes into camp the year before that. He was kind of just, you know, he played like 16 games, I think, and he wasn't particularly good. Obviously, he needed a lot of work. You could see the potential there as far as the shooting is concerned, but he spent most of that time in G League. So it's totally possible that Eric Spolster becomes enamored with the two-way player and gives him significant minutes. It just doesn't seem realistic considering this team, the veterans on this team, and the fact that they're trying to compete for a championship, however unrealistic that might be. The two-way guy you're referring to is uh, Marcus Garrett, who is a very, very aggressive on-ball defender, like super aggressive. You know, when you think of on-ball defenders and, and you watch you know, Davion Mitchell, which you all praise his defense, like that's what Garrett does. That's the sort of thing he does. Unfortunately, the offensive part of his game is probably not not quite there at this stage, but as an aggressive on-ball defender, that is what uh, Marcus Garrett can bring. Football season is upon us, David, and the best place for you to put your football knowledge to the test is at Bet Online. As always, it is your number one spot for pro and college football betting action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, whether that's football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Get on and take advantage of all of their great offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. And if you are watching football, you might be doing it on one device, watching your live sports. And then you've got another to watch your favorite shows. And then you watch your highlights on your phone. And then you get someone else's login to watch another show that you want to watch. It's all over the place. There's remotes, there's logins, everything's all, all cluttered. It's, it's, over the, it's all over the shop. Now, there is an answer to that problem. And that answer is direct TV stream. It gets all the entertainment you love all in one spot. Your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in the one spot. That means no more juggling remotes, no more having to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's go into our question package. Now, David, first question, Bam Adebayo really over the last year or couple of years has really developed as a playmaker, as a secondary ball handler type guy who you know they facilitate from a lot from the high post with him with the ball in his hands. You're very you know, similar to, I guess, a DeMontis Sabonis, Julius Randle, Nikola Jokic, those sort of players. Now, Kyle Lowry comes in and, you know, offense to Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic, but Kyle Lowry is a much better passer than those guys, especially Kendrick Nunn, who was a point guard really in name only. Yeah, Dragic is a solid passer, but they're not those high level type distributors. Jimmy Butler was handling a lot of that role. So Lowry comes in, Butler's still there. Do we see Bam reduce that role now that there is a more traditional point guard in the starting lineup? I think so. I I think that's exactly the case. I think 
I think, look, he was the second leading assist getter on the team yep. last year, just to Jimmy Butler, or even above Goran Dragic. Uh, you know, Goran coming up mostly at this point in his career, but still, Bam initiating offense quite a bit. Uh, I just don't see that role for him moving forward. Weird because that's the way he's been playing most effectively over the course of his career is with the ball in his hands, bringing the ball up court, kind of leading from the high post there, running that that screen pick and roll with Duncan Robinson, the triple handoff, so effective and such a big part of Miami's offense. So now you're going to have that with Kyle Lowry, who can set screens as well, so maybe you'll see something similar. But he has to be the tertiary ball handler at this point. You just have to go through Kyle first and Jimmy, which kind of puts the onus on Bam to develop his game a little bit more because playing off the ball, I'm not sure whether or not he's going to start feeling much more comfortable at this stage in his career of letting that jumper fly, stretching the floor a little bit, which is what's necessary for him, especially if he's playing off ball. He's just not going to be as effective. Now, you can see that with Kyle as a lob threat, maybe he can find that chemistry with Bam and Bio that he never really could find with anybody other than, you know, little bits here and there with Goran Dragic, but it's going to be necessary for Bam to find a little bit more in his bag. Right now, his repertoire is pretty limited because, again, he has the ball in his hands. He's looking mostly to get other people going. Now he's going to be mostly working off ball. I think he has to be a little bit more effective at creating opportunities for himself. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask about his shooting because he's going to have to do a little bit more pick and roll, pick and pop type stuff as well and not be that guy that your defenses attack because he's got the ball and that opens things up for others. So it is going to be a bit of an evolution in his game. Do you think he's got that step to become... You're not Kristaps Porzingis as a center who's out there bombing your eight threes a game, but at least someone who's going to be a bit more willing and a, and a bit more capable of taking them? Absolutely. I do think so. I think we've seen that evolution in his mid-range game last year, and even before that in the bubble, he started to show signs of shooting at a pretty decent clip. If you look at this last year, he wound up shooting high 40s, I think, from the mid-range for most of the season, and I think he can definitely do that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a mental block. I don't know if it's a confidence. I remember talking to Chris Bosch about this a couple of years ago and him telling me that the only thing keeping Bam back was his level of confidence. And now it just hasn't developed the way we'd like it to. We've seen incremental growth, but we need to see a little bit more from him. And I think he's got the capacity. I think he could be a solid three-pointer. He's got the stroke. He looks confident. I know in, in you know, workouts and things of that sort, the summer footage that everybody likes pointing to, uh, you know, he, shoot, he looks pretty fluid when he's shooting the three. At the same time, it just it seems like he's capable of it. I just don't know what. He keeps pointing at Eric Spolstra, so it's kind of weird that Spolstra doesn't let him. Kind of His favorite catchphrase is uh, letting the dog off the leash, so to speak. And it's weird that he keeps going back and forth through the media with Spo when it's clear that he can shoot whenever the hell he wants if he just lets it fly. He just hasn't done it. Be interesting to see because we saw Julius Randle, who was a well below average three-point shooter last year, become a really high-level three-point shooter. Whether that's a one-season change or not remains to be seen. But if Bam can take some level of improvement, because I think Bam has started as a better shooter than what Randle was two years ago, maybe there's some scope for him to become a little bit more reliable or a little bit more willing uh, from out there. Next question. There's a lot of older guys on this team. PJ Tucker is old. Jimmy Butler is uh, getting up there. Kyle Lowry is like, what, 36, 35 years of age. And in particular, you know, people who play fantasy will be aware of this, but Butler and Lowry historically have been guys who, when it gets to the All-Star break and in March, they tend to miss more games around that time, which usually adds up to a wear and tear or playing a lot of minutes. With both, both guys have played tons of minutes through their career. Do you think by pairing those guys together and with Tucker and then Markeith Morris, another older guy coming off the bench, that there is going to be 
a thought of preserving these guys for the playoffs or the fact that they went out first round last year and didn't have the you know, seeding that they would have expected coming off an NBA Finals appearance, that they're not going to have that, uh, I guess, ability to rest on their laurels? It's just never been who Eric Spolster is, uh, much to his detriment. We've seen flexibility from him in the past, but the reality is heat culture and all the cliche that goes tied into that, it's about pushing your guys, finding another level, next man up, so to speak. So he doesn't count on injury. I think he's become a little bit more flexible in terms of understanding that guys need rest now and then. But, I mean, he's pushed Jimmy through some very difficult times. I mean, you look at what happened in the finals a couple seasons ago in the bubble. You know, <laughs> after one of those games where he had, I think he played like 40-something minutes or something along those lines, he said, well, we're going to need the next game too. So there's no rest. It just isn't woven in the heat DNA or whatever you want to call it. He just he wants to keep pushing his guys. And then at some point, it just leads to those injuries, as you said. I think that's just the reality. Uh, we're going to see it at some point. We're going to see either Jimmy have some kind of wrist injury, which I think has been nagging him over the last couple of years, which his shooting might be off. He seems to kind of pick up easy foot and ankle injuries, too. So I wonder if that's going to start cropping up. We saw from Lowry last year when he missed a significant amount of time due to his thumb injury. I think that's going to crop up as well. So we'll see how it all plays out right now. My expectation is that they're going to be able to play and that he's going to put them out regardless of whether or not they need more rest or not. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's something that's played both of those guys and they play big minutes and they play through it. But uh, yeah, I always worry about a Jimmy and a Kyle Lowry yeah, having that sort of same impact in March that they do in December and now they're on the same team. It's going to be really interesting to see if that sort of thing uh, does happen again this season. David, the question everyone wants to know, can you fix your own car? Because some, some hosts on the network, they can do it. I can't. Can you do it? Have you, have you availed yourself of the services of rockauto.com? Absolutely. Yeah, I actually, uh, my wife's car, she wound up getting into, a, I don't know if it was an accident or what it was. At one point, she just wound up having a crack with the rear tail. And it was just easy to go to rockauto.com. I found the parts I needed right away. Just a screwdriver and some patience was able to replace it. Say hundreds of dollars. I got an estimate from a body shop. Wasted my time with that because I could have just gotten the part myself. And when I did, I saved so much money. I was so happy and proud of myself. My wife was extremely grateful. That's awesome. I wouldn't even be able to do that. I reckon if I had to you even replace a tail lamp, but if it is tail lamps or brake parts or motor oil or new carpet, Rock Auto has you covered. And why would you waste time? Why would you just waste money when you can go straight to Rock Auto where all the parts are available for your car right there? So go to Rock Auto. They've been serving online auto parts customers for 20 years. They are a family-owned business and you're going to save money. So go find the parts that you need, put them into your cart, and when they tell you to check out, go and tell them that Locked On sent you, right? Locked On. How did you hear about us? Locked On. Very, very simple. So go to rockauto.com, check out their great range of parts for your car or truck. And right, Locked On in there, how did you hear about us box? Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And the last big, big question, David, is what's your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar? I think it's salted caramel. That might be, although cookies and cream is a strong vendor too. Yes, cookies and cream, gang. That's we we are here. Cookies and cream to me is number one. Salted caramels are right, but I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take that as a win for cookies and cream because they these are the best tasting protein bars ever. But you might like orange, you might like raspberry, strawberry, mint, brownie, grasshopper cookie, one of the new flavors that is out there. And these are not just delicious protein bars. They are delicious protein bars, but they're not just delicious. They are also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and 130 to 180 calories per bar. That is unbelievable as a nutritional profile and you can get these bars 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So find your flavor, 
or get a mix box and get which a mix of all the flavors to figure out which one is your favorite. Get that box, put it into your cart, built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and save 15%. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. There is one more question for us here, David, before I let you go. Tyler Hero, it was thought after that you know, bubble run and play in the NBA Finals that Hero was maybe the next star, so to speak. There was thoughts of um, you know, him becoming, you know, developing into a point guard. They tried to start him at the beginning of last season as well, and it appears that he's somewhat fallen out of favor. Um, you know, Mysterious whispers that the Heat aren't necessarily impressed with some of his uh, off-court lifestyle choices, and maybe he's not buying into Heat culture, so to speak. You said he's going to be in that sixth man discussion, sixth man of the year discussion with you know, playing a large role off the bench and he's, he's going to have to do that this season. But is do you think internally or you know, from a coaching perspective that they're, uh, yeah, versus this time last season when we were you know, smack bang in the middle of the bubble that their uh, opinion or valuation of Tyler Hero has changed a little bit? I don't think so. I, I think the, the whispers are what's, are and I don't like to call out anybody's reporting necessarily but at the same time I feel like there there was some exaggeration about that because yes his his inner his internet model girlfriend was pregnant uh you don't want to get into that too much but at the same time some people like to you know look into it a little bit too closely I don't find that that's the right approach at the same time you could say that maybe his focus on basketball isn't as singular as the heat like they were guys are obsessive about basketball and while jimmy butler may have many off the court interests including coffee wine and everything else he also is a notoriously hard work as he likes to promote himself now tyler from everything we heard his rookie season was just as hard a worker which is why they were so enamored with him why jimmy was so fond of him and why they talked about him so heavily i don't know if there was any change i think mostly it was affected he's a rookie 20 years went through the longest a season ever and then have much of an offseason to work on his game and he and then he was thrust into this role that he couldn't quite live up to he was never really the team card he wasn't supposed to be he's a fine playmaker ball handler but he's working those areas and he's not a point guard that's why you bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry but at the same time with the group he was this close to being traded he's still there so they plan on having him on their roster I think a get acquiring a superstar which is the only significant upgrade i see i think you're gonna trade tyler hero it's only because you're gonna get a superstar player say Brad Lee, and i don't think he's going to be available for just tyler hero and i don't think miami have to increase their offer to you know away from washington but in any case as far as Tyler's concerned i think they're going to lean into it i think he's shown some improvement he talked about wanting to put on muscle mass he needs to absorb contact a little bit more effectively he needs to be the kind of player that can draw fouls you got lowry on the roster you got butler two experts at being able to get to the free throw line hopefully he can pick up some of those tools he does also need to create for himself a little bit more effectively he saw moments when he was running fast break opportunities they just didn't seem to finish as effectively as he could so i don't know if there was something going on with him Last year, behind the scenes, from all the all I've heard from team sources, it did not seem like there was any kind of significant issues. But that's been a notoriously secretive organization for the past 26 years of Pat Riley's tenure, and I think they're going to be that moving forward too. Still, he does need to improve. We've seen some improvement over the summer. Hopefully, it can translate during the regular season. But I think he's going to be a big part of their team and their chances of any kind of playoff success moving forward. 
That'll do it for us today, talking Miami Heat. David, everything that people want to hear about the Miami Heat, you'll have it covered for us over on the Locked On Heat podcast. Thank you for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball and talking Miami Heat. Always a pleasure, man. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Odyssey app, but also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. And if you're here on YouTube, give me a thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. You know all the things to do, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.